first of all, man, we like appreciate you coming on the show, man. Like, man, we we big fans of your game. You know, we down in Orlando, so we see a lot of them Miami games, man. And man, we love what you're doing and how you steady growing. Yeah, yeah. So definitely appreciate you having us in your lovely home. Let's get this started. First question I ask everybody is, who's the first person to bust your ass when you got to the league? Uh, it was L.A. It's big L.A. Lamarcus Aldridge. Ooh, whole first, lot of jump shots. Yeah, first person to really like welcome me to the league for real. My rookie year, I think it was like our second second home game after preseason. And you was at home. Yeah, we was home. We <laughs> Came was home. from your house. <laughs> but you know the Spurs. That's when he was on the Spurs, and you know they always had that that rivalry or whatever. So uh, coach come up to me and shoot around. Big fella won't play. I didn't know it. So at the end of shooting around, he was like, hey, you starting tonight. All right, whatever. You got, you got L.A. All right, bet. Fuck it. We in there. So uh, Josh Richardson was my teammate at the time. He come up to me and said, man, don't go for no jump face. Like, just stay on the floor. He can't. He can't out quick you. First two. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Straight. So I was like, all right. I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to let him get it. So up fake. Foul. So next thing you know. By the third quarter, I look up, he got like 32. <laughs> yeah, that was, was my third or fourth quarter? Third. He had 32 in the third, and then he ended with 40. Mm. So that was my little bust my when ass. You went in the locker room. How you how you feel when you went in the locker room? Like, nah, like, I feel bad as hell. I ain't like gonna this lie. Shit real. Well, what did Jay Rich say to you after the fact? After he told you all of the good advice? Man, man. listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had some choice one. Him and UD just looked at me and it's just, man. You just can't do nothing about that. Like, it's just one of those things. You just can't do nothing about I that. I can see you he was being on one. This here, young fella. It's That's gonna, him. It's gonna, it gonna be days like this out it's here. It's gonna be, gonna be days, days like, like this. this. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. We live on location from a secret location here in Miami. We at the Palatial States of the Kid Dynamite. One bam out of bio. We got the All Star, the Olympian gold medalist. Big boy contract alert. Big boy, big boy contract alert. We got the Miami Heat anchor, the new anchor of the Heat in the building, y'all. Check this out, man. We appreciate them having us in this beautiful establishment. Tap in, knucklehead. Jersey. Then you moved to North Carolina. How was that? Uh do you remember the move? I know you was young. Do I you do. remember the move process? Yeah. My mom had a had a life decision to make. While I was growing up, it was gangs, it was fighting, and that was like every day. Yeah. And uh my mom didn't want me to be a part of that. So she moved us to the country, North Carolina. <laughs> and uh Country boy. You see how they said North Carolina. He's still yeah. off the woods. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm from, man. I claim that. Just like he claimed St. Louis and you claimed the rap. Uh-uh. I claim Chicago. My bad. Chicago. <laughs> I don't my fault. Call you my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so North Carolina. Growing up in North Carolina, how was it uh, when you got to high school and, and you started being like a little name for yourself in high school? It was cool for me because... Uh, a lot of people around me ain't never get that type of like exposure. Like where yeah, I'm from, yeah. it's not like a lot of dudes that's getting like 
true exposure, like coming out of there. So like for me, it was a it was a good way to put the city on my back, and uh, it just felt like it was just like I was carrying that carrying that torch. Felt like it was a responsibility. Yeah, it felt like it started to become a responsibility, and it was just me hooping. Yeah. Like you know the fact that I could fill up a gym by just like shooting a basketball in high school. It was one of the best feelings ever. I felt like I was on top of the world. Yeah, I'm a mama's boy, so I, I know you a mama's boy too. And, and you know, it was me and my mom for a long time. And did your mama like play the sport or know anything about basketball? Yeah, my mom actually hooped. That's why I was 13. Okay. Uh, she sounds. hooped in high school and she got injured and she never played again. Don't yeah. know why. She'll never tell me why, but uh, she's never played again. She was 13, so. That's why I wear that number now. So is your mama taking you everywhere? It's time to hoop, anything? Uh, she was always at work. Uh -huh. So like when I was in high school, my coaches used to take me to practice, bring me home, pick me up for games. Uh, that's how it went. And you know, it's because my mom was such a good person and well-respected. Ain't nobody had no problem doing anything for her. So your mom was famous before you was famous? Basically. That's how it was. Yeah, I mean, like everybody knew my mama. Everybody name. knew my mom before me. Yeah, like that's Elta son. <laughs> that's how <laughs> you know it goes. And so I made a name for myself. Was you was you already hooping before you left Newark, or did you start playing ball when you got to Charlotte? When did you get introduced to the game? I ain't start hooping until sixth grade. Mm, but how did that start? You know, I was in the I was across the street at one of my like cousins' house. One of our old heads walk in and was like, "Yo, like." uh, you know, you should start playing travel ball. At that time, I didn't even care about basketball for real. Like, it wasn't like. Outside. Yeah, it was just one of those things. Was like, all right, we just do it in the middle of the street. Like, it ain't nothing to it. And uh, he was like, no, I want you to try this travel ball team. And I got on the team and I started to like really love it. Like, I started to like really buy into it, into the details, into the skill, into like the, the competition. Of it. And uh, it just took off from there. Was you always like the biggest kid or you sprouted up late? No, nah, I was always the biggest kid. You was always the big, <laughs> bigger than everybody. Yeah, so, you know, we always get that that term like, you know, you clumsy. Yeah. Uh, you bigger than- uh, Trust me, I got big feet and I was big, <laughs> so uh, stick figure. <laughs> Will you say your real full name for me? Because I, 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 I know what it says, but I don't know what it says. Oh. So I don't want to mess that up. Idris Adebayo. Idris. Yeah, Idris. So, did Bam come from like Bam Bam from the Flintstones, like breaking stuff and Bam Bam? Like, yeah. Dude, so, you, you, yeah. Was, yeah. Big, like you was a big ass baby. Yeah, <laughs> I was a big ass kid. Uh, I got it because I flipped over a coffee table at like one year <laughs> old. Nah, I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> My mom. You uh, say flipped it over. Like, like, like flip the motherfucker. <laughs> And uh, my mom just, ever since then, that's been my name. I'm trying to picture this. Were you upset or were you just having fun? And just I, trying to see if she told me I was watching the Flintstones. Mm. So I was copying what he was doing. Oh, yeah, there you have so, it. So, so there you go. See, I like that. That's old school, man. 30 and 10 in your junior year. Like 30 and 10 in your junior year. A lot of folks start getting their 30s and... Tens and they senior year because they didn't kind of went through the rankings in this day time, but getting at your junior year and then going into your senior year. You said thirty and ten. Yeah, it was thirty and twenty, wasn't it? 
It was 30 and 20. See, you, oh, hungry. you wasn't going to say nothing? I was going to let it ride. 30 man. and 20. You going to just let a whole ride. 10 rebounds ride, though? Let it ride. <laughs> I ain't letting that ride for you. I love rebound. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, wait. I Go ahead. Well, 30 and 20. That's even crazy. Ridiculous. 30 and 20 for your junior year. And coming off your junior year, what's the mindset you have? Like coming off a junior year like that, and you got one more year of high school Shit. to prove yourself. And I wanted to win a state title. That was my that was my biggest thing, and uh, we lost in the state title game. But uh, that was my ultimate goal in high school. Mm-hmm. Like first, I wanted to bust motherfuckers' ass yeah. for sure, and then I wanted a chip. That's it. What's the biggest growth spurt you had, and what and what age was it? Mm, biggest growth spurt, like in basketball and like me just growing in height. <sighs> well, let me just say, how tall were you like in eighth grade? I was probably like six. Six something. Six something, like six four, six five. And it was just. Yeah, that's great. Nah, for real. Every time. <laughs> you your class that you came out of your senior year with is like one of the best class out there. They got a lot of guys in the league now, the superstars and a lot of big contract and money getting made. And you, you, you nah, see I definitely say our, our class is I give us top three. Okay. Top three easy. That y'all can give us that. Okay. Okay. Q Rich. That ain't me to judge. I don't, you know. I don't know. That's like a. Uh, yeah, that's a little reach. But we gonna see. Y'all, y'all young, know, man. Y'all young. Y'all young. We gonna see at the end of all y'all's when this is all said and done. Cause a lot of the other ones. See where everybody stack up. Kind of done, and they stack up real big. That '96, that LeBron them, that Jordan them. You know, like uh, who are some of the guys that you've seen that didn't make it to this level? The level that you you see you and Tatum and Monk and everybody else made that you thought was like, yeah, he's a for sure gonna be. Uh Quay Parker. I heard that name before. Yeah. He was Qu- big in high school. Quay huh? Parker and Seven Woods. Seven Woods. Yeah. That boy had bounce. Yeah. I remember him on the ball. He had some of the sickest ball his life mixtape. That's when I started watching that stuff. Like he used to be all over that. But thing. we was all on the same team. Mm. And there you. It was me, it was Quay, it was seven, and we had uh Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. Hold up, dog. That's a whole lot of bounce on one team, boy. Good lord. I mean, y'all was winning tournament a bunch of tournaments this this summer? Was y'all number one A you saying? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. They better be. We used to be uh I think we beat a team by like 92 points one game. And that was, that was when, uh, you know, when you get to the 40-point rule, you got to stay inside the arc. Yeah. So the whole time, we standing outside the arc, every time they shoot it, miss, score. And, like the uh, old school women's UConn and Tennessee scores when Tennessee used to beat up on teams and UConn used to beat up on teams. <laughs> Being from a small town, like McDonald's games and stuff like that big, you know, we watch them on TV and we see them and see all these guys from these big cities go to it for your town and you to be selected one of the top high school players in the world. Like, how was that for you when you when you got that note? I mean, it was dope. Like you said, growing up, you see it. So, like, you see dudes getting the McDonald games and you see dudes getting the Jordan brand game. And uh, to be a part of it from a small city, it just isn't made a bigger chip. Because it felt like I was like, at that point, like, all right, I'm supposed to be here. 
Like I'm, I'm supposed to be around dudes like this. That's uh, you know, saying they're the best in our class and in the world and want to be the best. So I felt like I was supposed to be there, just coming from a small from a small town and just getting that much recognition. Would you say it was your junior year or some point before it where you started to feel like I'm the man? Like, you know what I'm saying? Where you like a little bit better than everybody. Like, when did that point hit for you? I would say it was my junior year. Well, I was like really in that mode of like, nah, I, I do this. Like, <laughs> right. like I do this. Uh, I was in my junior year because at that point, you know, it was a it was a forty ball every other night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To to go to a school like Kentucky, and you know, like everybody's saying the one and done, the, the people who came before you. You know, it's a higher standard than, than most colleges. To choose to go there and know that like, oh, I got to put out, but you have to play a role with so much talent that's on your squad. How was that for you to adjust to it? It was, it was easy to sacrifice when everybody's sacrificing. Like, it's not just two or three people that's like, all right, you got to sacrifice. Like, everybody had to sacrifice a part of their game so we could be successful. Like, a lot of dudes I went to college with, they was gunners. Like, Malik Monk in high school yeah. used to get it up. Yeah. Fox was the same way. And uh, going into college and us having to, like, really sacrifice, like, you know, all right, like, you get a touch, you get a touch, you get a touch. But uh, Cal letting us do it in our own way, it was cool from that standpoint, I will say. When did y'all click, though? Because it seemed like by the end of the year, y'all kind of click. That year, I had y'all going because it seemed like y'all started playing really together real good. I would say midway through SC play, I think we lost to Tennessee at Tennessee. And after that, it was kind of like the the snowball effect for us. Yeah. Like, Because at that time, you know, you're getting closer to March Madness. It, it's Get money time. Yeah. At that point, it's like, all right, we got to lock in. And uh, that's one thing Cal really preached to us. Like we not worry about this now. We worry about in March. Like March is March is what we aiming for. And SC play, I feel like after we lost to Tennessee was really when we started clicking. Was it anywhere else you could have went to that could have got you? Was it a chance for you going to any other school? Uh or was it close or was it just landslide? I mean, Eric here wanna play home. Like, like they really love their city and their town and their state. They gonna say they gonna say they want to play home. I'm from the hoop state. North Carolina is is has so much history in basketball. Right. Um, I would say the closest next closest place was NC State. Mm. And then at that point, I was still going there with a with a phenomenal guard in Dennis Smith. Right. Right. How was it for you, draft night? You know, uh, getting drafted, and you know having your mom and. You know, this is a dream come true. We all watch the draft every year. How was it for you? How was your draft experience? Uh, my draft experience was I didn't know how to feel. Like, it went from uh, my agent calling me, saying, man, you might be in the green room. You might not. Like, I'm not sure this and the third to, like, all right, you in the green room. But he was like, man, you can be drafted anywhere from 8 to, to 21. <laughs> so in the green room the whole time. He's like me. <laughs> so in the green room the whole time, like I'm sitting there with my family. So after it get to like ten, 
Now I'm starting to like really like sweat. Like, I, like cause right, you weren't worried. I wasn't man. projected in the top. Yeah, I was seven, like, eight, I'm so not going like, top five. So like, when I'm he gets cool. to that, maybe yeah, when he gets to that, yeah, man. So like, obviously everybody, you know, I wanted to play in my hometown. So my favorite, my favorite city, like I really wanted to perform for was Charlotte. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to be in Charlotte because I'm from North Carolina, and I was like, I could man, run things. Yeah, and I was like, man, I get to like be from where I'm from, and like really like try to make an impact. It was like, man, it's next level. But uh, getting down to it, my agent was to the right of me, my mom's on my left, and my phone was right here. So like, you know, the ticker going for the 14 pick is Miami. So I'm sitting there. I was like, man. I don't know if I'm going. I was like, man, it'd be cool to go to Miami. Like, you know, nice weather, like T-Wade and them. Like, I'm thinking about the whole AAA, like the history behind it, the big three and shit. And uh, my agent looked at me and he flipped my phone. <laughs> so like, I was like, oh, man, I'm finna get drafted. So like uh, Adam, Adam Silver comes out, you know, with the 14th pick, you know, Miami selects Bam Adebayo. And it was just like one of those things where it was like, damn, like, my hard work paid off. Yeah. But on the other side, it's like, I still got work to do to stay in this motherfucker. Like, this ain't just to get here. So, right. You know, you wanted to go to Charlotte, but to see Malik Monk get drafted <laughs> by the Hornets, how was that? Uh, I wasn't mad because it was my homie. Yeah, it's like, homie. The, yeah, yeah, it's my homie. And like, uh, I'm always going to be happy for like, yeah. any of my dogs that really like, that go through what we go through, like Straight the struggle up. and really make it. So like, it was cool with me. Yeah. Now, did I want to go to Charlotte? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, it definitely been dope to go with your homeboy. Yeah, but that was my homeboy, and I was like, nah, bro, I solidly respect that, because at the end of the day, they're my homeboys. Like, yeah. I want my homeboys to eat like I'm going to eat. Straight mm -hmm. up. Straight up. Pat Riley is like the boss of all bosses to me. Every time I see him, it's like he's, it's like history in the room. Slick back hair. Yeah. Loafers on. He, he like the boss of all bosses. He got the, he got the one, uh, the one, the one suit. Got, yeah. Got the shits folded up. Yeah. Like, I always love Pat Riley. When you first met Pat Riley and knowing his history and knowing who he is, like, how was that for you? Man, the first time I met Pat, I, uh, was you scared? I wasn't really <laughs> nervous, but you hear you hear like the the history around it. like like you boss hear, all bosses. like like you hear like like they want to call them horror stories and like the culture like him trying to fight Shaq crazy <laughs> shit like that like yeah. like him going at it with Gary Payton in the locker room uh so you hear all that and the first time I met him was my pre draft workout. So it was like, yeah, Pat, I want to meet you before you work out. So I go up there and it's on some Godfather shit. <laughs> so I walk in the office. The all and glass, shit. Office. all glass, all lights Open off. Open door policy. All glass, all the lights off except for the one over his uh -huh. uh, over his desk. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> I one chair. Set the mood for you, man. Oh, come in, come in, come in. So we we get to talking and. Uh, whole time I'm looking around like I'm playing it cool but I'm like yo like he really be on this like godfather stuff like he really really sit dudes down like all lights off one right over the desk and like just want to have a normal conversation I'll be like yo you don't want to flick on like it's Miami like we in 93, 93 degree weather like you don't want to have no lights no on sunshine here or nothing. nothing man it's pitch black enough <laughs> it was 
I said, how you doing? Like, you know, we like the way you play this, then the third. It was like, we, we look forward to watching you work out. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> tell me, tell me how, like, now you've been in the league, how many years? Yeah. Five years, right? So you've got peers, you've got guys in different places. You've had guys come to Miami that's been in the league before. What have you learned about the team and the Heat culture, you know, that that it is? I know you don't know anything else, but just listening to different guys that come in that haven't been there, that been different places. What have you learned about the difference that you got blessed to be drafted into? Uh, we got a standard and we ain't with none of that bullshit. <laughs> we ain't with none of that bullshit. I will say like, like, like you gonna show up on time, like you gonna do what you need to do, and like we not we not with no like that complaining and one through fifteen. One through one through fifteen. <laughs> like, nah, you ain't you ain't played in three games, you gonna condition. Yeah. Like, you gonna get in shape. You they like they want you to have a you like, gonna be ready to go at all. You gonna time. be ready to go at all times. Like, Talk about this is one of the things that like I only got one year here, but it literally changed the way I lived, like I played the rest of my career. And it's like we, D. Wright, J.O., different people, we laugh and joke about it all the time. Talk about how that weight and body fat impacts your weekly day-to-day -day life, like going out to Man, dinner, going listen, out to a club, you partying, whatever. You make business decisions. Business decisions. You make business decisions <laughs> off that weight and body Sit fat. Like, like, it's been a couple times, like, you know, you've been in the hotel night before a game and like, you like, man, I want this, I want this, I want this ice cream. <laughs> but it'd be like, nah, we got weight and body fat. Like, and, and it's more so like, it's a it's a mind game with weight and body fat. Like, that's what they do to you. Like, it's a mind game. Like, it's like, the ice cream really not gonna hurt you for real. Like, you play, if you play 28 minutes again, the ice cream really not gonna hurt you, but it's the it, fact of- It depends, it might not hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak for everybody. <laughs> you're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. Well, the ice cream won't gonna hurt me, but it was still a couple of days where I'd be like, "Man, I'm not eating that." Like I got weight and body fat, and it's like, it's like frowned upon. For real, and like right? <laughs> it's frowned upon in like the culture of like your weight and body fat ain't where it's supposed to be, like because we make it we make it a competition. Like don't nobody want to be at the bottom. <laughs> this is the type of thing that like I never had this in my life when I came here. I had a scale in my bathroom. Every single morning I woke up, it wasn't gonna be no surprises for me when I get to the gym. <laughs> like when they traded for me, bro, no lie, you remember I told you, the first thing I did, they shut up, I come to the gym. I, they picked me up from the, from the airport. Come to the arena, I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm thinking. I thought I was gonna go to the hotel, whatever, get situated, nah, straight to the arena, come to the arena, come in the locker room, deal. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great day to live. Shout out to Bill. <laughs> it's a great day to live. It's a Look, great day to live. He, he waiting on him. He's standing there. I don't even know who he is yet. Bill friend. He's like, he like, like uh, all right, take off all your clothes. We got to get him to ski. I'm like, like, what you mean? Like, I just got here. He like, yeah, strip down to your boxes, get on the scale. Pat wants to put weight and body fat before you even go up there to meet him. Before you even, before you even touch what? the court. Bruh. They they don't play about it. Get up there, he got all that, he got a little, little sticky on his face. He got the little, he like, yeah, so this is this, this is that. He's like, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> it teaches you accountability. 
that that's the biggest thing like you learn here if you if you get to be in it like it teaches you accountability about yourself about your health because once you once you get to the point where like your body fat is where it is like you feel like the best you felt like, Straight up. so it's like it's one of those things where like all right you're gonna hate that shit in the beginning Cause you gotta get in shape. You gotta get in shape. You gotta run. You gotta lift, and it ain't no ducking it. <laughs> like it's no they, ducking. They gonna text you every day, waiting body fat this. You know, you get off the court, you think you done, and, and Bill pull your side. Like, nah, we got we got some conditioning to do on a treadmill, and you looking at like, man, y'all y'all running me in the ground, and uh, you know, a lot of dudes come here, and I, a lot of dudes don't crumble. My five years, I've seen a lot of dudes quit. You ain't built for it. I'm telling like, you. Yeah. If you ain't built for it, you, you can't be here. Yeah. And one thing about it, I will say that weight and body fat will humble a lot of <laughs> will humble a lot of dudes, <laughs> man. He is not lying. Like, it will humble a lot of dudes, dog. Like <laughs> once you see the the sheet and like your <laughs> name at the bottom, and you looking at that sheet, you're like, damn, like, nah, man, I can't have that. Like, we talking about being most professional, like, being in shape, this, that, and the third, and walking around, like, carrying ourselves how we carry ourselves. So, like, that that weight and body fat, it, it holds you to a standard and accountability. And honestly, a lot of dudes take that with them. Yeah. I'm telling you. They be better. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You sacrifice. You be the man and you have so much success, and then you play on these teams and play in the right way. It's hard to play the right way when you feel like you can do so much more. But you played the right way, and now you're in a position where you're getting all this success by playing the right way. How was that for you to, no matter what the situation was from Kentucky, you first getting in the league, or you might feel in somebody that's in front of you that you're better than, you still stuck it out by playing the right way and not being selfish for your teammates or just for yourself? Bigger picture. That's how I had to think. I had to think bigger picture, so... It was it was a lot of times, you know, I was in the game and I'd be like, man, like I could do more. Yeah, I could do so much more. Like like I'm looking at Spo, I used to be mad as hell in my rookie year. Like, Spostra, yeah. Nostra. Yeah, like <laughs> I used to be like, dog, just let me go. Like yeah. let me hoop. But it was one of those things, like I had to look at it from like his standpoint. Kid, I don't really know you like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't really trust you like that for yeah. you to be out here like really like moving and grooving and like just doing whatever you feel. Yeah. So when me and Spo is like really growing pains, and uh, now we to the point and he let me go. So uh, I don't really say nothing to me no more at this point. That was what I loved. I think that's why we hit it off the way we did. I think once Spo figures you out and he knows that that you're about winning and about the team, as long as he know, cause like, like you know me, I'm a hothead. I always got something to say. So, me and him would like often like he'll go, I go, and then as long as he knew that whatever I was doing was about the team, he didn't give a damn. He didn't hold no personal grudge or make it like some did some deal. And like I think he saw that. I mean that's why we got a great relationship to his day. I talk to Spo, text him all the time, and you know we got a solid relationship. But I think he saw that, and I, that's what I always respected about him that. He was never scared to like get back with the shit with yeah. you and then like to be able to do that and still not make it personal and that shit over with when it's over with. Like it's a lot of coaches that still be like, man, when you get through it, that he looking at you sideways yeah. or got a problem. Like Spo didn't give a damn, especially if it was just about what it was about. Like he was good about that and he shot straight. I always respect that about him. I will say he uh he let dudes be they self. 
Yep. At the end of the day, if you blow up in the locker room, like you want to throw some shit, all right, cool. Long as we win at the end of the day, <laughs> like like he cool with like dudes like, nah, coach, we ain't running that. We ain't, we ain't running that. Like let's keep doing this. Like if we on the run, and like a dude be like, yo, he be like check in. Dude be like, nah, coach, they on the run, let them go. Let them go. Like he like he he listened to us, but like if it ain't about winning. He ain't hear none of that. Like, you like if he start thinking like it's about buckets and you waiting for the team. Personal stuff. <laughs> it ain't. Then he got to have a conversation. You you consider the small center height wise, like a lot of the other centers are a little bit. You know, got a little inch. You know, as as big dudes, we see a little inch smaller than us. We feel like we bigger. You know what I'm saying? To you got to be very competitive to see these big guys to be your position and the move, how you move. You're not the typical big man that everywhere else in the league. How was that to compete at the center position, make your mark in the league to make these all-star games and, you know, have to go against the MBs and all the best big mans in the league? Uh, I had to use a different approach. Like, I couldn't – I'm not going down there. And, <laughs> in wrestling. Like, in wrestling, like, with – Dudes yeah, but that you got to let them know you're here. Oh, and yeah, I'm always doing that. Do that. Yeah. Like, my first thing is, like, you a post president. I'm not trying to let you catch the ball. You know how the heat culture yeah. is. We read the post. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm not letting you catch it. So, at that point, you catch it at three-point line, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at that point. The more I push you out, the yeah, the more I chance. push you out, you, you good. Like, you can't. And then I always took pride in that. Like, I always took pride in getting stops. That was excitement for me. Uh, and it still is like getting a stop, getting a, getting a, we call them kills and uh, mm-hmm. in the locker room like getting a kill, getting a stop in like pivotal moments, and uh, it's one of those things like I just took so much pride in because that's what got me on the court, yeah. like, and then gates open from there. How was it the like first time you made the playoffs? Like how it changed from the regular season to the playoffs, and you like you see the atmosphere, you see Man. the fans. My rookie year. We went to the playoffs, I think it was like six and eight at the time. And it was like every day we went to practice. Like it was like it got to the point where like I knew all they plays. Yeah. Exactly. I knew every action. I knew everything. And every it was like curl, every wrinkle. It was it was to nausea. Cause you know, we wanna That's we, the prep, preparation of the heat. Yeah. We wanna make sure you know every play. And uh it went from scouting to knowing everybody tendencies like mm. And uh, that was the biggest difference. Like, you know, in the regular season, it's game by game. So, like, they give you, like, little hints because we're going to play them again. But, like, when they get in the playoffs, they, Big give, ass book. they give you the book. Big-ass book. Big-ass book. <laughs> you, you got everybody tendencies. You got they averages sure against us, guy. against people, like, other people, other teams. And it's, like, it's one of those things where you just, you just if you want to know some shit, you just flip that. You go in there, it's like reading, it's like reading a story. Man, he averaged this, that, and the third, and this year with this and that. Like, I'm talking about to the, to the T. To the T. Would you rather hit the game winner or get a block at the end of the game? I did both. I know. Uh, so which, which one feels the best? Hum, like, to hum, get that block? Ladies and gentlemen, I did both. So, did both. From experience, what, which one? Uh, Not hypothetical here, ladies and gentlemen. He's done both. You're one of the few people we can ask, you one of the few people we can ask this question. So I would say, situational-wise, the block was uh, 
was more better rare. than me. Yeah, it was more rare than me because uh, first it was my homeboy. I was about to say, it was my, it was my like, homeboy. Young Tat, I hate it had to be you, man. I was, I was like, yo, when it happened, <laughs> proceed. That's my uh, that's my homeboy. But uh, on the other thing, it was like. Nobody expected it to happen like that. Like, everybody thought he was going to dunk it. And uh, having that moment, and it was in the playoffs, obviously that was the difference in it. But i say the block for sure. Did you find out in the bubble, like, it clicked to you? Like, yeah, I'm one of them in these in this league. Is that the year or was the year before? Uh, or was it the bubble year that what y'all did and what y'all was able to accomplish? And it made you focus more because, you know, what was going on, going around, nothing but y'all and your teammates. I would say, yeah, the bubble year was really like, I was like, nah, like, uh, like I do this. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, I, I was in there and I was like, nah, like I'm putting up numbers. Like, because uh, like, that was my whole goal in the bubble. Like, nah, you got to put up numbers. Y'all got a shot. Because I think it was fourth and uh, fourth or fifth in the East at the time. And I was like, nah, we got a shot. So, uh, being in the bubble, I was playing well, and after the bubble, thinking about it, I was like, "Nah, like I, like I'm one of them. Like I, like I'm on the scouting report. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. I was like, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big circle on the scouting report for people." Talk me through y'all the, the the mentality. I mean, I feel like I kind of know what it is. I talked to Malik a lot, and I talked to him right afterwards. Um, after the bubble, but talk to me about the mentality that you guys had going into the bubble and, and, and why you feel like it it, it kind of worked to your advantage. Uh, we felt like a lot of dudes were like mentally mentally tough for the bubble. And, uh, you know, in Miami, we preach, you know, most professional, like hardest working, clean cut. Like we preach like that standard. Right. The bubble felt like it was, we felt like we was conditioned for that. You, mm-hmm. know, how, you know how it is in the culture. Like, <laughs> you get it out the mud. So that's like, what we do. That's how we felt about it. It was like, man, we just getting it out the mud. And I felt like a lot of dudes, you know, get used to having their routines at like at home. Like when we switched to the bubble, there was no going home for, for a couple months if yeah. you wanted to be there. And uh, that was our mindset. And that brought our team closer together. Yeah, I heard y'all had, like, one of the smallest travel parties as far as, like, y'all, you know, everybody was bringing, when it, when it got to the point where family and different people could come in, like, y'all still had the smallest contingency, like, y'all really, you know, bunkered down. It was like, this is a business trip, this whole thing. We got to sacrifice this if we want to get that. And, and that was what, you know, I feel like that was one of the biggest differences with y'all team. The whole, you could see the mentality and then, you know, I was close to a lot of different people that were in there and just talking to different people. They said that about you guys, and then when I talked to some people in there, I could tell that was the difference. Let's talk about the GOAT. You know, one of the GOATs of Miami, UD. You know, I got a shirt on, man. You know, ripping my man. Heart and soul, that's Mr. How, Miami. Yeah, that's Mr. Miami. How has uh, UD been for you? To be there a long time, Heat player, know the ropes, and... How has he been helping you out so far in your career, having him there? I mean, he became like a, like he he's like my brother now. So like, uh, we go out to dinner, we go out to eat, uh, we kick it, talk basketball. But uh, he done helped me so much in my career just off of advice. Yeah. Um, just sole advice. And going into games, hey B, like, you know, this, that, and third, this, that, and third. And uh, I try to apply it best way I can in the game. I mean, he's just one of those dudes just put me on game, like, since I've been in the league. 
And uh, and that's on and off the court. Yeah, like, businesses. Yeah, he, he one of those dudes. You genuinely want to see you win. Yeah, tell tell them to stop throwing him lobs when they finally <laughs> put him in the game. Like you, he ain't catching no more lobs out there, man. They down there try to hurt my man the other night. I throw my man alive like that, man. Hey, no, without I, I, <laughs> I want you to speak on the importance of guys <laughs> like you, D. Like for you, like like he said from day one, you coming in. Being a rookie, not really, you know, knowing what's going on, and then you having a guy like that that's, you know, got the experience and been through what he's been through, but then he's not only helping you on the court, he's helping you off the court and just with everything you need. Like, how how impactful was he, you know, for you to get here, a, you know, one-and-done kid out of college, and you got somebody waiting for you here that could help you with the stuff that he was able to help you for? How impactful was that for you when you got here? Uh, and even now, still, he still I mean, doing it. It still is, because uh, when I first got here, you know, he was teaching me the game of, like, just, just trying to, like, how to move in the city. Like, I mean, like... Important. As a 19-year-old, you know, coming from North Carolina, and you get drafted by the Miami Heat, first thing you hit is Miami. Like, yeah. I ain't never been there. <laughs> like, I ain't never been there. So, uh, he pulled me aside day one. You know, hey, young fella, you ever need something? Like, this my city. Like... You know, I, I know the ins and outs. I can teach you how to move this, that, and the third. And then from there, from there, I just was like, you know, he willing to help me. So that's how we kind of developed our bond. And uh, it was just impactful because now that I look at it, like I know how to move in the city. Like, like I take care of myself here. Yeah, like I, I take care of myself and uh, I take care of the, the people that, you know, need help. So, like, I was big in the community work. So, like, he taught me, like, hey, man, go to Liberty City, this, that, and the third, give back. Uh, I met Luca Campbell and uh, just being around those dudes and hearing, like, their stories and, and, like, how they, yeah, and like, how they helped the community. I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. That's dope. Did you know Jimmy before he plays out? I didn't, actually. So, uh, what was your first encounter with, with Jimmy? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> first encounter. <laughs> what was my first encounter? Uh, I think my rookie year we played Minnesota. He ain't gonna admit to it, but you know I got that stop. <laughs> got that stop. Uh, but when he first got to Miami, you know you hear everything uh, in the media. Yeah, like you hear, oh, he a cancer. This, that, and the third. Like he, you know, he. Verbally abuses his teammates, and like, <laughs> like you hearing all this, and it's like that ain't him. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not well, gonna judge. I'm not gonna judge a dude off of social media. First right. of all, like yeah. I'm, gonna I'm meet you, and like, all right, then I, you know, yeah. I get a feel, feel you out from there. But when he first got here, one of the coolest dudes I've met, yeah. like in the NBA, like. Walking in, what up, man? I'm Jimmy, this, that, and the third. Like, Can't sing, but you know. I know. Nah, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he one of those people, he comfortable in his skin. Like, he listen to what he would listen to, and like, he go about his way the way he go about it. But at the end of the day, a lot of people get rubbed the wrong way with Jimmy because he say what's on his mind. That's why I, that's at, what I love him. At, most at, at, yeah, you're a straight like, shooter. Like it or not, this and, is where I am. And that. The end of the day is all for winning. He's Same one of those guys. Like he say what's on his mind, but like he, in his mind though, he's like, nah, I want to win. Like it's all out of love. Yeah, so it's all out of love. The way I see it, 
this is one of the things I love about the Heat organization, and I they do a great job of of having that one anchor of stability, whether it's, you know what I'm saying, I call it like on the court and off the court, because if you look at it, I feel like it started with Zoe. You know what I'm saying? Zoe has always been that that one face. You know what I'm saying? You walk in the lot in the weight room, you see. Yeah, you see. You see them on. Zoe's on. You see them. And that handshake is serious. Nah, I can't. I know this. I hug Zoe. Yeah, I'm not. The big dog, no more. You're not about to break my my knuckles right here. You squeeze too hard. You got it. But <laughs> they've had that symbol of connectivity. I feel like it was Zoe. Zoe passed that torch and brought up UD, obviously. And now you got UD bringing up the next generation, which I feel is you. How do you feel to be like, so to speak, the next one in line to kind of carry that torch? Uh, UD always said, you know, you got to have enough heart out here for everybody, 13. And he said at some of the most random you times. ism Bro, he said at the most random times, like, you got to have enough heart out here for uh, everybody, OG. And I and I always used to think, I'm like, yo, why you keep saying that shit? <laughs> but it was more so, like, just getting my mind wrapped around, like, nah, like, you you got to be the heart and soul of this team. Straight like, up. you you got to carry this weight and this standard. Yeah. And, you know, he bet you know how OG break it down. You know, listen, man, I'm telling you right here, man. Like, you, 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 yeah, you. <laughs> you, you, he started doing that. That's how you know he really into the conversation, though. He started doing this, like, <laughs> conversation, <laughs> conversation. It's real. real. Switched to, like, some, like, it, it's real. And I was always wondering, like, yo, like, what do you mean? Like, heart and soul, like, bro, I'm out here, like, I'm doing my thing. Like, I'm right. getting, but it, it didn't click until, like, my third, fourth, and like now this year, like now, nah, like I gotta, you gotta Set understand the, the ins and outs, mm-hmm. like the whole team, like you gotta understand the dynamic, you gotta make shit work, and when when it's not, you gotta be one of the reasons why the switch cut back on, and mm-hmm. you start to uh, get back on track. So it was just like he was just prepping me for that moment. I just hope all of the general managers, all the little <laughs> internet people that's got stuff to say are really listening and understanding the value that you d and how invaluable he is and what his presence does. Because I know that's our partner. We Mm -hmm. know on a different level. But you hearing it firsthand from somebody who's an all-star, who's a gold medalist Olympian, a max player, who's benefited directly from UD. So when y'all asking why and what, this is one of the reasons why and what. Hold on, excuse me. This is... Not for you. Let's talk defender talk. You know what I'm saying? Real defender talk. You know, real defenders. Like I know, you like know he, 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 you know, he played with the Heat, and I and I played there. What and his mean? coach was my old coach. You ain't a real defender though. His other coaches was my teammates. They he can ask. Yeah, because like they got UD a system. Was my they got a system to help you in for defense in Miami. But we'll we'll talk about that later. But defense talk. You average all these points, you hitting 40s in high school. <laughs> you average all these points, you hitting 40s in high school. And then you get with Calipari, and it's like you got to adjust to it. But you adjust where people loving the way you play defense, loving the way you finish, and they took away how much good you can play on offense. So you get in the league, and it, it, you get a couple of years in, and now you at the point where they looking for you to play offense and looking for you to do your thing. How was that transition for you? 
from uh, defense to be like, man, I can really get a few buckets outside of these dunks <laughs> if y'all go to me. Uh, I think it came from, you know, Spo not micromanaging my shots. Uh, we had that conversation. I feel like it was my second, the end of my second year going into my third year. Uh, was where it really started to like click, and he was like, "All right, I can trust this kid." Because yeah. it'd be sometimes I'll check in in the middle of the third, and I'll play the whole fourth. Yeah, like close games, it didn't matter. I was in uh, the whole fourth, so like he started to trust me because he knew one thing I was gonna always do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always gonna play hard. Like yeah. I, like that's that's a switch. Yeah. Like that's that's always gonna happen. The defensive side, I always think like my defense is better than anybody's offense. That's yeah. how I always thought. Yeah. So when it came to getting buckets, it was like, all right, like, you know, I'll do something good on defense and I'll try some shit. Yeah, I get a free pass. Yeah, yeah. So like uh it was it was one of those things where I was growing, but every once in a while, I'd be like, man, let me try it. It's first quarter. Let me let me let me see how this go. And I try it, I make it, I look at him. He don't, he don't give me no facial expression. <laughs> At that point, it was just, it just kept building from now. Yeah, I, I love when a, a defender, you be labeled as a defender, and then you you get transitioned to the offense where an organization, a coach kind of believe, and you get that package. Now you go into that sideline, and they finna run this play for you. And, like, you know, them timeouts, a lot of them plays, you coming out running it for you instead of running it for somebody else. You see the transition from D-Wade or – Somebody who was the man they was getting all the plays to now they're giving you all the plays. Having D Wade on the team made it easier because uh, I was in the second unit with D Wade. And, you know, I, he used to tell me, Yo, young fella, just roll. I'm going to get you up and just roll. And uh, we built a great connection. So my next year coming in, he was like, hey, man, you're going to average like 14, 8. And I was like, nah, nah, Trey. Like, nah, 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 nah. nah. I'm 16, 10, and 5. Like, Straight up. I'm going to be an all-star off that. And he was like, we'll see. So my whole, that whole third year, 16, 10, and 5. And uh, I got to be an all-star. You know, me and D-Wade talk about it now. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, no. Nah. Like, I was like. We was at the all-star game, your, your first all-star game. You seen me on the court with my braids Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know braids. what I'm saying? Had my braids out that day. But. Man, I, just, I, don't, I, I don't even know what just happened. This whole last question, ever since you tried me about the defense, <laughs> I missed everything because you ain't a defender. That's that's it. Everybody know it. Ain't I, no listen, secret. we gonna settle this. I bet you we gonna see who got the most charges and, and steals and all that. You only thing you got on is so blocks. I'll, that's I'll, it. I'll that's it. Take that's charges. It. That's it. I be charged. You got way more you blocks take, than you get charged. You out, take charges. I take charges. I got charges. Hold on. You but can, I got this way ain't about more blocks right now because you ain't play over here in the heat, so you don't even really understand yeah. real defense yeah, and what it that, really means yeah. right now. Let me let me learn them something. Yeah. That's how this real defense talk over def here. Defense time organization. Out, time out. Time out. Time out. This is this is this is a little standard around here. They know what they do around here when they talk about this. Are charges important? Yeah. Yeah, charges are important. I'll tell you that. But you don't do them. You don't take them. That's because I get them on the glass. No, I'm a windshield wiper. No, you know? no. I'm, listen, I'm getting a turnover and I'm getting a foul on that player at the yeah, same time. If, if you hurry up and get your feet outside the circle, but I don't even got to do all that when I meet you. You ain't got to hurry up and do nothing if you playing good defense, right? Hey. 
he I meet him up there. He, he meet him up on. He meet him up top way more than he meet him down low. Listen. Like yeah, you take a charge here and there because you just in position. I ain't got no, I as an athletic he, guy like me and his, himself. You get them on the glass. Now, you short little guys that's <laughs> that shoot threes, y'all don't really be down there with the big folks. But it's, all, it's all right. That's another first story. First of all, you, you trying to offend me. I'm not going to get highly offended like you're trying to do because it's ridiculous, the things you're saying. It's not true. I had a question, though. You interrupt my question because you're not a defender. You, I didn't even get to get to my part. You did your whole original defender talk. I didn't get to try and do my heat thing. You tried to cut me off because you saw the point I was going to make. But go ahead. This is, this is the immaturity I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> daily basis. Uh, All-Star game, since you missed the All-Star game, to be in there with, you know, we all dream of making the All-Star game. Now you you pick with the best of the best. Big boy game. Not this the guys, ain't the rookie game no more. Not the guys that you was just looking a couple of years ago, looking at going to the All-Star game, coming up, seeing them, having posters on your wall. Now you part of this whole festivity in Chicago. Well, it was crazy, crazy down there. Team. Like, we, I loved it down there. That was one of the best All Star games. How was that for you? Uh, and your mom. You had, yeah, you know, my you mom, mom. The fact mom. that my mom do skip to Peter was, was all time great. But uh, it was a lot of first time All Stars in that All Star game. So mm -hmm. like, even looking at it, a couple of my homeboys was All Stars. Yeah. So like JT, JT, I had Donovan and uh. And my teammate Jimmy, so like it was like, like dudes was like, like I knew a couple of them. And yeah. uh, when you first get to the All Star game, it's like, damn, like, no, nah, I'm really, I'm really in the All Star game. Right. Like it, it took me like a couple like lacing up my sneakers and like really like how touching it? the flow. How was realize. it when you walked in that locker room though and you see, I know how it be set up, all of them going around, y'all got the bags and everything and you see Adebayo sitting there at 13 uh, and it's like, what is that feeling like? Uh, man, I don't know how to describe that moment. I'm like, you yeah, them man, <laughs> man, it was crazy. Cause, man, when, got the clothes. Cause when you look on the TV and like, they say you're an all-star, it's like, all right, like, Damn, like I, I like the way this feel. Like these all stars need to keep need to keep coming around every year, and uh, that's how I think about it. Like I want to be an all star every year. Like I want to get that feeling every year. You know, open up them doors and I see my locker, and then uh, it's all us joking about like our teams and uh, mm -hmm. what's going on, and then you get to go out there and have fun. The great ones take steps, you know. You you get drafted, then you make your All Star team, and then you get the opportunity, then you get an invite to play in a USA team. And not only you play in the USA team, this is the best of the best. Now you got Durant, and you playing with these guys, and you started every single game from the ups and the downs. This ain't high school. This ain't under seventeens. No, you know this what I'm dream team status. This is the big boy. How was that to you know play with the USA team and you know be on the court with like the Durants and the Lillards and and Draymond and um, being one of them guys that man you 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 coming in you starting you ain't one of the guys that come off the bench you starting every game and y'all winning it yeah you bringing it home how was that for you it was uh it was a dope moment because I had got cut the year before. Yeah, the year before I got cut. So in my mind, I'm feeling like I'm supposed to be on the team. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> so that's when I had the, uh, my all-star year 
And everybody think it was just, you know, just surrounded that I got cut. That's why I was, nah, it was just like, now whoever was on the team was getting these handouts. That's what it was. <laughs> like whoever was on the team, I was, I was taking names. I was crossing lists. Yeah. Like, all right, you know, wiping, wiping that, check that box. So of course, like when we played the Spurs, it was always personal because at that time, you know, Coach GP was uh he he was the coach for the FIBA team. Mm-hmm. So it was always smoked up. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like he cut you. Yeah, yeah, I felt like he cut me. So fast forward to being in the Olympics, it was just looking around like, nah, like I'm. I'm here, like, you know, it's those moments where you just look at a lot of things, you looking around, you're like, damn, KD, dang. Start looking around and you start listening to names and like really right. thinking about the accolades and like who yeah. you in the room with. So being able to be a part of that, it just put a chip on my shoulder. Like, yeah. like now you here, like you got to hold that standard. Like we can't walk out with no bronze. How, how was it like the starting off the, the little adversity y'all had when, you know how we're in the world today that the slightest touch of anything that they feel wrong, they're going to talk about it like it's the biggest thing. And just because y'all lost a few preseason games, they... Oh, yeah, the exhibition yeah, game, they was on yeah, us. They, they was on us. Uh, <laughs> but the thing, we how we thought about it, we was like, dog, like, we're together for two and a half, three weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. Like... All these other countries be together for like two years, three two, years. two three years, like yeah. half a decade. So like yeah. they they leave the USA and go straight over there and you know be hooping with they yeah. hooping like they yeah. never left. Mm-hmm. So uh, for us, we just had to get you know acclimated to each other. Yeah. Like uh, it was one of those things where we just had to get comfortable. Like everybody establishing a role, and you know we got to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And after that, that's when it was just smooth sailing. Cause like at that point, when you get out there, first thing in your mind is like, I'm gonna play my game. Like that's all I know. <laughs> I'm gonna get out here and do my thing. And uh, so we had to all sacrifice to that standpoint to make it work. When y'all finally got the gold, now it's this champagne popping time, and you know the stuff you see on TV. The guys get the the American flag and they stand on the podium and they dip in their head to get the gold medal. Like. How was all that for you? Because of all the the bashing and all that, and like the social media and like the the platforms going at us because we lost against France, it was more so like a like a shut up thing for real. That's how we felt about the. We medal. still run this. Yeah, we still run this because uh, <laughs> you know everybody's saying, oh, you know, the rest of the world's, the catching, of the world's catching up. You know, the, the skill is skill is this, talent is that. And then you had our own people talking about some, you know, we don't want y'all wearing it because y'all ain't representing us how we post to. Mm-hmm. So, like, we took this disrespect. And uh, from that point on, like, when we got the gold, it was kind of like, all right, now we back in order. Like, everybody can calm down, chill out. And, uh, order has been restored. Yeah, like, we good. <laughs> we yeah. good here. What was the feeling like just bringing it home to your mom after all the stuff, the journey y'all done been through Man. together? You I was ready gold to medals go home to your mom. Home. <laughs> Listen here, man. Like we was ready to go home because it was different in that Olympics because we didn't have yeah, like the way things. Were. We didn't get to we didn't get to see other sports. We didn't get to move we, around. We, like we didn't get to move around. So we cooped up in the hotel, from the hotel to practice, practice back to the games, and the games back. That's it. 
Like there was no like walking outside, getting fresh air. It was you go upstairs to the lounge, yeah, get you some chips, watch some TV. I don't know how many nights we played Uno and ate Shake Shack. <laughs> <laughs> we had to make the best out of it. And but when it was over, motherfuckers was ready to go home. Like we miss everybody missing the little stuff about life. Like man, you know I miss you know just having. Just being able to go lay in my bed, right? right you right. just get like it's just one of those things where like you you start missing the little stuff in I America. Can, I can like go to the grocery store, I can go. Man, <laughs> you can walk outside. <laughs> Tell me how it felt for you to like, like we said, you won the gold medal, you did all that, you get to bring it home. But when you get to really get your USA Olympic banner put up in the arena, and you go up there with Tim Bug, with with Zoe, with D Wade, and, and you know how did that feel? And it's that's that's not going nowhere, my boy. Like <laughs> you feel ever. me? Like like how, how that feel? Like I know I know eventually you want to add the real thing up there, but just to have that this early on, like how do that feel? Surreal, I will say, man, surreal moment. Just because, like. Like I always say, coming from where I come from, nobody expected that. But I knew the whole time in the Olympics, like, dog, we win this. Like, mm-hmm. I give me a banner. Like, <laughs> like, like I knew this with my yeah, team. I did. Yeah, like, seen the other ones. Up there. Yeah, like I see the other ones. <laughs> they respect this. My team. Like we gotta do this. Yeah, we gotta do this. Like respect on. Like you know, it was one of those things. I was just like, I was grateful for. It was an incredible moment. Just cause like, every now like when I go in the arena. I get to look up and my name yes. always gonna be up there. That's how I want it to be. And uh, that's my goal for it. So tell me this, you won the gold medal on a big boy, dream Olympic team, you know what I'm saying? You've been an all-star, you signed a $163 million contract. And we sitting at a private location, a real, real, real nice, beautiful, Estate, let's call it an estate or property or something. But when when I say seventy six Church Lane, could you have ever even uttered a dream that you could be doing what you're doing now, coming from where you came from? No. Nah. What does seventy six Church Lane mean to you? I couldn't because you know there was no person that was like before me to look up to at that point. Like you know, I was. I was doing something I didn't even realize I was doing, like just, you know, paving the way for like kids in my in my community, yeah. in my neighborhood, and in my town to be like, nah, we can make it out. And, you know, I'm I'm just doing this off the strength of I just love basketball. Right. So getting to that point, looking at it now, nah, I didn't think I'd be doing a lot of this I'm doing for real. But uh it was just looking at games on ESPN, TNT every night and being like, I want to be a part of that. Like, mm-hmm. like that looked fun playing in Christmas games, mm-hmm. you know, going to the Different finals. Jersey. Like, that looked fun. Like, I like being a part of that. Listen. Like, that's history. Yeah. Um, so being a part of it and looking at it, you know, I was like, man, I'm grateful to be one of the ones to like really show kids like you can make it out of that, like that environment, that type of, that type of way of living. But that trailer got so much meaning to me, man. It's uh, it's got so much history in it, you know. Just because it was always me and my mom, and I learned a lot by being in it. Like, you know, I learned, I learned how to be on time. I learned how to be up early. I learned how to, you know, eat on my own. Right. Like, cause my mom had to go to work every day. She won't always dare to like feed me. I had to figure it out. Yeah. 
Now, if it was either using the microwave, yeah, taught you responsibility. Yeah, it taught me responsibility and just how to like live and grow as a man. Yeah, that's why it's got so much meaning. It it may be me. Yeah. Tell me how how like that experience you just talked about, just being you and your mom and how how y'all bonded, and did that lead you to you know establish the foundation that you founded for you know for single mothers? It did because you know my mom taught me everything from. You know how to fold clothes to make sure like I'm like I'm making my bed every morning. Like uh-huh. it was just, it was just all those those little habits that I still got to this day that she's taught me when gave I was younger. You structure. Yeah, it gave me structure. It gave me like a template to follow. Uh-huh. She's one of those people. She once it's set like that, she's not changing. Like she's uh-huh. one of those people. She's detail oriented. Like I really appreciate my mom for it. She's a uh, she's my pride and joy. I always say every time I get on the mic and uh, somebody asks me about her. It's because she taught me how to get through the struggle and make it look easy. Like right. she taught you, taught you how to be a hard yeah, worker. Like, she was a hard worker, so yeah. she taught you how to be a hard with you no complaints. No complaints. Like my mom didn't no complain. Complaint. My mom walked to work every day. Yeah. Like, no complaints. No complaints. Come back home, yeah. hands full of groceries, yeah. walking up the street. So that's how I kind of like I built that drive and that competitive nature because like I didn't want my mom to be in that no more. Who are some of the guys that you looked up to and you patting your game after and uh, you just wanted to be like when you came up? I grew up a Kobe fan. Like, that was the first dude, like, I seen on TV where I was like, nah, like, he, he, he different. And that was, that was, that was number eight Kobe. Yeah. Uh, But from then on, it was like, I watched KG, I watched Lamar Odom. That's who I really wanted to be like. L.O. Yeah, I wanted to be like L.O. L.O. Yeah, so it was just because he was like, Versatile. Yeah, he was so versatile. And he had that 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 swagger to him. Mm-hmm. Like when he <laughs> like he had all that at like he had that at six eight, six nine. So like, so like looking at it now, I was like, dog, like I wanted to really be like Lamar Odom. Uh, you know, him, KG. I just I loved KG because of the passion. Like mm-hmm. the, you know the dog that he yeah, had, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I liked, and uh, so it was mainly them three. This is a question that we all can sit here and relate to. Me and him been through it before, a long, 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 long time ago, a long time ago. To be kids that you know we we didn't grow up, you know, rich or any of that, and not come from a lot. To to get to the point where you get that phone call, whether it was from your agent or whoever, and they say, "Yo." MJ wants you to be on Jordan brand. Now I know I ain't never owned a pair of J's in my life until I had got our AU team got good enough to where we was getting free shoes from Nike. So knowing how you grew up less fortunate just like us, to get that call and know you about to be on the brand when you already previously was wearing some other stuff and you probably saw different people doing like, what was that feeling to know you was about to be part of the the family? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Being part of the family, when I was growing up, Mellow was a big like part of that. Like mm-hmm. you heard Jordan Brand, it was like he you was heard face. you heard Mellow. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. so I was like, damn, like, you know, I get the part of be a team, like you know, Mellow up there, you know. Then you got first of all, you Michael Jordan himself. Right. It's like, yo, I want you to be a top part of my team. You know, you looking from like the history and shit like that. He ain't want my fucking on his thing. Right up. He know my name. It's yeah, like he, he know my name. Exclusive like, club. So like looking at it, it was like, nah, like 
it's something that like I do that he fuck with. Like, right. like I don't know if it's the dog, like I don't know if it's the points, I don't know what it is, but you know, it's something like he he just fuck with. I don't know if it's competitive nature, but being one of those people that like they want you instead of like, you know, I always want Jordan, you know, right. I want to be a part of Jordan. And like for him to be like, nah, like we want you to be a part of Jordan. Like he was one of those things where it was like all right, I'm doing good shit in life. Right. Like, I, like I'm I'm doing some good shit in life. But uh incredible brand. You know, shout out MJ. It's a good brand for like you yourself. Yeah. Like I done got so many J's. Oh yeah, we and, know. Uh, <laughs> oh, we know. Tell me about that when you got your first first special delivery. How overwhelmed were you? How, like, how many the, was it? About, about, about fifteen. The abundance 12? of boxes uh, at the door, and then just man. the freshness that you getting up out the first boxes. shoot about fifteen, twenty. Yeah, first first shipment was like I give it like 25 25 and you well, know coming first of all well flavors flavors like kicking it for real <laughs> so like growing up like my mom didn't have enough money to like yeah. buy joys and stuff like that so now it's like the fact that like she can she can go to like a dinner and like you know like Jordan Swiss who custom Jordan ones on like yeah like it's just uh it's one of those things I could take care of my people or something like we've been trying to get our whole lives for real. like mm. me and my homeboys I remember when we was younger we used to try to order like Jordans out of like an East Bay book East Bay book <laughs> East Bay so being able now like you the plug yeah new pair of Jordans come out like all right like, we all getting these like don't even worry don't well even, don't even worry about world, Christmas well before the rest of the world yeah don't even worry about Christmas we good yeah. <laughs> I know what I want to go back to the All Star game and for you you are like he said you 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 a big man but like a skilled big man I say like how is it for you to go out and should I say, I, how proud was Coach Octavio <laughs> of you winning the skills challenge? Because that's my guy, Coach O. When I got here, I would spend 30 to 45 minutes working on your ball handling. Now, I'm not even a ball handler. You know this. Yeah, we know. Bro, I, that's right. See. What? I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. But you know how, like, all this on fire. You dripping sweat like you didn't did a real workout. So, for you to go win the skills competition, how proud of they were you for doing that? Uh, and how proud are you for yourself? I mean, for me, it was it, it was personal because everybody bet that I was going to come last. Yeah, like, like on the bettings, it was like I was last to win. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking at it like, all right, like whatever. So I go and do, you know, they got the little, mm -hmm. the little, uh, like the little maze where you go through obstacle, whatever. Yeah, obstacle, obstacle course, whatever it's called. And I only went through it twice. Like I got there, like I was in there for maybe like 15 minutes. I was talking to my, uh, my homeboy, my manager. I went through it twice. I said, bro, I'm gonna win. Like this, this, this shit easy. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, I, like I'm gonna win. So the whole time, I go through it, it just feel like I'm going through like the maze when I'm going through it in uh in practice. So when we get to the championship, I say, yeah, I'm I'm win this. Like, I, I, done, I done got loose now, like I done got the edge off. Cause the first one is like, man, you got the people looking at you and you out here by yourself. <laughs> and the first thing everybody talk about is like the passing part. Like yeah. you gotta get it through the hole. Yeah. Uh, but once I went through it, I was like, man, this, I'm cool. Like I'm, I got this. It was great because Coach O, 
everybody called me like they was proud of me and uh it was one of those moments where I was like, nah, like, yeah, I'm talk my shit. Like, talk my shit. <laughs> That's how I felt. Um, Cause I was just picked last. And so I was like, man, I hope everybody who picked me to win, like, I hope y'all go to, you know, Roof Chris, get you some good to eat. Cause I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I got the trophy and uh, I'm going to kick back and, uh, you know, think about what I just did. So it was one of those moments I was just proud of myself and uh, everybody else was proud of me too. Was that one of those times like where you go back to when you grew up? Because I remember winning, you can't talk about this, I remember winning three-point contests at All-Star Weekend, you know what I'm saying? And when you, <laughs> no, I'm saying, you know, you get that little moment on the podium, I got Cheryl Miller was the person that, you know, so it was like you get to stand there. I felt like that was my little MJ moment when MJ yeah. won the dunk contest. So if I watched Craig Hodges win a three-point contest, that was my little joint right there, you Hold know what I'm saying? What? They was like, you. Yeah, I remember them. I swear, I remember them asking me. They was like, uh, yeah, they want to know. Do do you want to have them keep the trophy and engrave? I, I don't know. No, no, no. no, 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 tell no, no. Uh, this is going with me <laughs> on the plane to the house, and I'll engrave what I, I want to engrave on it. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm gonna do it. I, nobody ain't getting this with me. Like, the only, well, my sister, my sister. I look out for a little accountability. My sister has the trophy. It's like it's both of ours. She's keeping it at her house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who are, who are your favorite five players? Like favorite, like your favorite five of the NBA history. Who are your favorite five that you always like to look at? Not just, not the best five, but just your favorite. My favorite five, man. I'm gonna have to say Kobe. I'm gonna have to say MJ. Uh, I gotta put Penny Hardaway in there. Like I, I love, I love watching. I would, I love watching. Uh. Let me see. And then T Mac. I love T Mac too, man. T Mac was a motherfucker. He started on the headaches he used to give us. T Mac, T Mac. Yeah. I got one left. And uh, and then KD. KD. Man. Now, easy. Look, that was that was easy for you, but the interesting thing, the thing I find interesting, it was no no centers in no that big whole situation. <laughs> no big this, ladies and gentlemen, this this man no is a, this man is that. a wing player, ladies and gentlemen. Nah, he, he's he's in camouflage. Did y'all just hear that list he gave off. Yeah, mine. He, like what type of way. big man give off a list like that? <laughs> man, that's just all. Throw a Timmy or KG or nothing in there. Like that man said, look at. I mean, you said favorite five. That's the favorite five. I just like. You know, just watching it from like a skill standpoint, like hand, I mean, that, hands that, down, like you can't do nothing with it. I know what I want to ask you, like before we get up out of here. Mine and his, I was about to say mine, but he's yours too. Our OG, Jawan Howard. I know how he poured into you and how he was here when you first no. got here. Tell me no. about the impact. That's that's my man's there. Like when I say when we was coming up, Juwan and Mike Finley, those were the pictures, pictures for perfection. Like Max dudes, cool dudes from the, the city. Carry, like know how to handle their business, give yeah, back to the community. Uh-huh. They presentate. <laughs> we call them Mike Larry. Wasn't either one of them. <laughs> Uh, Marcus, they were both Lying right now. They gonna, they gonna show up in, in some <laughs> foreign that you did. It's rare. It ain't gonna be like a regular little ride or something. Like they was, they was like, just tell me about how my OG got you right before he got up out of here to Man, go get the young boys right. I, I ain't gonna lie, I was sick when he left. I'm I not gonna lie, that was my uh, 
He was your guy that worked yeah, yeah. I remember talking to him when I was scouting. I used to talk to him to find out, like, yo, what's up? And he the one that was telling, like, yo, nah, Q. Like, he wanted them. He he was one of those people on the roster that really, like, fed confidence in me during, like, games, practice. Like, you know, it was, it was a couple of times, like, I was, I think about shooting and not passing, and he'll, he'll pull me to the side, man, what the fuck you doing, man? <laughs> we trying to get paid. Like, we we trying to make history. And uh, he was just one of those people that always just fooled that confidence into me. Off the court, go to dinner, he taking me to some random ass Ball five, five star <laughs> shit. Like, and I'm in there like, yo, like, he was the first person that really got me to try sushi. Cause in my mind, I was like, man, that's raw fish. I'm cool. Like, like, like I call him Coach 17. I said, 17, I'm cool. Like, that's raw fish. He was like, nah, 13, you gotta try it. So he took me there. So now I, I eat sushi a little bit, but I make sure it's like cooked, like cooked shrimp. Like, uh, <laughs> like I'm with you. I'm with, yeah, uh, I'm me not. Too. I'm not doing. I'm. I'm yeah, cooked shrimp. Like I'm not. Oh, wait, let me get, get that, them on that sushi. Yeah, yeah. Let me get saying? that shrimp tempura roll. So, you feel me? Yeah, I'm there. I'm there with it. That's as far as sushi I go. I'm not. No yellowtail, nothing. No, none of that. <laughs> you know what? I feel you. So, he just. Uh, tempura roll. Man, that's it. Straight up. So, just being able to just be with uh, 17 for those like two and a half years, man, it was just. Uh, I st he's still checking in. Uh, I already know it. Every every That's once right. in a while, man, I call him on the phone just to hear him, man. You know, he still yeah. got the, he still always say, you know, I'm from, I'm from Chicago, motherfuckers don't ever forget that. Like, yeah. what he say? What he say? Say that thing loud for the for them people in the back. People got they got, he got microphones in front of them. They can hear him on the microphone. From Chicago, say that then, yeah. no, you know what I'm saying? They can hear Jamal, it on big, the microphone. Big OG. Uh, it's another subject that you ain't part of this. So, since you've been in the league now, who was your favorite dunk on that you done had since you done been in the league? Right I, don't, I ain't never dunk on nobody, is what you saying? You dunked on... A lot of people. A lot point, of times. You dunked on a couple point guards? I'm talking about, like, you know, big men and stuff. Like, I, dunked so who, on, I dunked on you before. When? You. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Back to the dunkers. Who uh, who you who you dunk on? Your favorite dunk on? Favorite dunk on? Mm, I don't got a lot of bodies. <laughs> a lot of bodies laying around. A lot of bodies. Uh, I would say against the Spurs. He got uh, a lot of animosity with the Spurs, man. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> it was either Spurs or uh, Indiana. I caught a pocket. It was like the, you know, like the Amari stat dunk. Like, yeah. you know, Steve Nash throw it in the pocket and it's, it's two feet and it's lift off. Like, <laughs> it was one of those. And uh, what was it? It was in like the third quarter. It was like a moment. It was last year. A moment shift. Goran threw it in the pocket and it was like, all right, it's time to take off this one time. Launch pad. And I feel like that was my favorite dunk. Because at the midst of it, I didn't know it went in. Oh, Until yeah, they so took the ball out. Yeah. Yeah. You're not quite sure everything that happened. Yeah, in the situation. yeah, you're not sure. There's a lot going on right there. <laughs> My favorite question I like to ask since, you know what I'm saying, you got a fresh new 163. You know what I'm saying? It's a little different. Like, 
when you got the bag, the big bag, like you got now, I don't want to hear about, you know, I know you took care of Mom Deuce. Right, that's, that thing's understood. Do not need to be talked about. We know Mom Deuce is great. I want to know what, what Bam Bam did to treat yourself one Not the time. house, but. Not no mm-hmm. house. Everybody what get a you house do to treat yourself. Like, I'm going to be selfish on this one. Uh, be selfish. Chain, cars, whip, something. Uh, I just wanted to rent a yacht. Yeah, I just wanted. To, I just wanted to be be able to have the fact that like, nah, I'm I renting me a yacht. I'm out, oh, I'm out on this water. Yeah, we we all gonna come kicking on the water uh, for like uh, eight hours. Let's let's do that. Yeah, boys. Yeah. About to do Jay Z big pimping. <laughs> yeah, video. I just had to. I had to get that experience out. Part of like, the yacht club, now. Yeah, man. Because being <laughs> being in Miami, you got all this water. Oh, you gotta yeah, be part I'm of the yacht I'm club. I'm everybody. I'm seeing everybody on their boats, just like in all that stuff. Man, I got that one sixty. I said, man, I'm going. We renting a boat. We in the yacht. Like, we all gonna kick it for eight hours. Was that your first time on the boat? Nah, but it was my first time on a yacht. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different them yacht got rooms and stuff all yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. I was back looking, like a mini yeah. house on one. Man. Big right? boat. <laughs> yeah. Start, bench, cut. You gotta start one, you gotta bench one, you gotta cut one. Duncan. As in Timothy? Tim Duncan, KG, Rasheed Wallace. Ooh. You got to start one, you got to bench one, you got to cut one. So, if I had to start one. (laughs) (sighs) That was by itself a few seconds to repeat the question. (laughs) You good, you good, you good. (laughs) So, I'm going to start Tim. I gotta. I'm a bench K. I'm I'm a bench KD. I mean KG, and I gotta cut. I gotta cut. She. She my man's though. She my man's a hundred grand. That's my man a hundred grand. I call him all the time. But uh, let me just say that I love speaking on she. I'm sorry. I I love seeing him with Memphis right now and how he be getting them boys so hyped. Yeah. That is the sheet I know. Yes, that is the sheet uh, I love, and I'm glad that he will never change. Never stop being sheet. That'd be so hype. That's one thing I like. I say about she. Like since I met him from my senior year, he's been the same. The same. Same. Dude, every time yeah. you see him. What up, young boy? <laughs> what up, young boy? What up, young boy? How you doing? And then I'm like, what up, she? How you? How you living, man? You know I'm out here. You know I'm giving my fuckers this work still. <laughs> I'm still doing it. <laughs> And like he's just always on ten, dog, and it's just like I I, I just appreciate him for it because he he, he he never changed. Yeah. Like he always been the same. That's how you know the real ones from the fake ones. <laughs> I heard that. You get in the league and you know you got to prove yourself to the you know not to the coaches but to the other players. You always want your peers to see your peers not some of the guys. And and you see the teams change. They're like, man, they really respect you and your game and what you bring to the table for your team. Like, how is that feeling to, you know, have some of them guys that man you looked up to that that's that's the man or, you know, a lot of guys that you play against that's the superstars in this league respecting your game and the way you carry yourself and do your thing. Uh, one moment I had was uh was AI. I was walking out from halftime at the All Star game. AI pulled me aside. First of all. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hey, I don't know who clue I am. Like, yeah, like I'm just one of them random. But like he, you know, put me aside. Hey, young bull, like you a motherfucker. Like you, you a motherfucker. Like I fuck with you. Fuck with your game. Fuck with your attitude. I fuck with the mentality. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, from that point, I was like, man, hey, I was a dog in this league. Like, mm-hmm. like that's like the utmost respect, like of one of the like the top dogs. Him, I'll say him, Shaq, uh, y'all, and uh, I gotta throw in Juwan just just because yeah, that's, that's the OG. Yeah, this this is a big fraternity, man. And when you when you see guys like you, man, and just representing this. This thing we call basketball, man, and, and doing it the right way, man. We just the sky's the limit for you, man. We just excited to see you do your thing and appreciate it. Continue dog. to do it, cause man, a lot of guys come from where we from don't get this opportunity to make this type of money, get these type of accolades, and be legends for the rest of their life. No matter if it's a small town or just one city, but somebody to be like, nah, that boy was a legend. I used to go to this games back in the day. That's big, man, but man, we really do cool. appreciate you. And appreciate what you bring to the game, man. It's, it's all love over man, here. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. We like like you say, we appreciate you, man. I appreciate watching from afar. You you seem to be doing everything the right way, man. I like how you giving back to the community. You took time for us today to chill with us and you about to go give to the community today. You doing a toy drive, right? Yeah, like I yeah. seen you at Thanksgiving giving out meals and turkeys to the community. So man, huge salute to you. I you know, we gotta understand where you come from and how you came up. So I know why you give back because you know what it feel like to be like that but we appreciate you having us out here to the palatial estates in a private location in Miami. you know what i'm saying we pulled up on the young boy this was dope we appreciate you having appreciate us you, man. coming man. through appreciate with y'all, us. man sure that's a wrap man knuckleheads We want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.